Hi, this is Hugh Greenwood from the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Basich. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I'm joined by Further North's Josh Neal. So tonight was a get to know you episode, as well as we talked a little bit about the draft, which happened a long time ago. Uh, the girls team, how well um, they're going, obviously into the grand final. So we spoke a little bit about that, but it was mainly a get to know you episode about Josh. Uh, he did request uh, this a couple of weeks ago that he would love to get on, and I'm sure a lot of you uh, supporters and fans of his podcast as well uh, probably want to know how he became a North player and his favourite players, and I'm sure yeah, you would have heard a fair bit through listening to his podcast. So yeah, it was a, it was a good show. I really get to, uh, really enjoying get to know uh, further North Josh Neal. I will probably get um, North Pod uh, show uh, Jason Hunt as well. I'll probably get him over the next few weeks as well to talk about uh, he, you know his uh, you know journey into being a North supporter. I'm really enjoying these episodes. Um, I've done a couple already with uh, Jesse and Marnie. So yeah, really um, enjoying get to know everyone. Anyways, I won't hold you up anymore. Let's bring on Josh Neal to talk about his journey into becoming a North Melbourne supporter. Now, tonight I'm joined by Further North's Josh Neal in a Get to Know You episode, and we might as well catch up on the latest news as well. Now, Josh, we did have the draft, which seems like a long time ago now. We've had a lot of news since then. Uh, we won't go too much into the talent, but what did you make of the strategy of going best available early? Because we got a mid and a half forward, which is all we have on our list right now, uh, pretty much. Then with the later picks, we went needs-based and some project players, which I don't think will be ready for a while, or maybe Riley Hardiman might be. Um, they'll develop in the VFL. Or should we have gone best you know, early? Should we have gone uh, the best small forward in Watson and best key defender in Daniel Curtin? What do you think? Yes, uh, thanks for having me on again, Dean, as well. I was dying to do one of these get-to-know-you episodes as well. I've loved them so far, so I'm uh, very lucky you want me to be a part of one of these. Um, with the drafts, yeah, great questions. I... I had um, I had a guy called uh, Joel on uh, yeah, my podcast, yeah. and he summed it up perfectly. And I and I was doubting it because originally I sort of wanted to go Curtin and Watson, um, but I completely believe him when you know he sort of said you've got to take the best talents <clears throat> sort of around the top five, six, or seven, and then those sort of later first round picks taking positional needs I think is really really important. So you know. I watched three highlights of Colby McKercher um, at training on Instagram a few days ago, and I'm pretty convinced he's going to win a Brownlow already. So I think uh, I think we did pretty well there. Um, Dersma, I've actually met a couple of people at the barbershop whose kids were at school with him, and um, everyone's just saying that he's a freak athlete. Um, and I think his uh, scouting report was sort of like his hands are super clean and just a super talented kid. So I love those picks. I think uh, going talent early is great. And I love what we did, sort of getting rucks and key backs and things like that in the in the later stages of our pick. So I think we did pretty well. Yeah, I did listen to those episodes, and I recommend if uh, anyone wants to go back, they can certainly listen to them. Yeah, and yeah, he, he probably convinced me as well. So because <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, you know, I was thinking, yeah, get Nick Watson. He's a small forward. You know, we don't have any of them, and maybe even Daniel Curtin. But um, yeah, it's sort of like yeah, you get a Colin McCurchie. He's a bit of a different midfielder uh, than what we've got, I guess. Um, yeah, we've got those in and under, you know, uh, uh, type of players. We're Colby McCurch has got a lot of class on the outside, and mm. yeah, Zane Dersmer is a yeah, he's a you know, he's got a bit of an X factor that he'd be able to win your matches. So yeah, no, he's a very different half forward. So does mm. that uh, going through this draft and the trade period? Does this uh, change your expectations for next season? Do you expect more wins? Well, I definitely expect more wins than last year. That's for sure. Um, I don't think it's changed my expectation too much. I think I don't want to get too carried away with having someone of the likes of Shees or just break out like a Dacos. Um, I don't want to put that pressure on the the two young guys too early. Um, I think I'm sort of setting my expectations next year around sort of replicating maybe what Hawthorne did this year. I'd love to be around the six win mark. Six or seven, I think, is pretty, you know, realistic and just being competitive and, and playing fun football again for me i don't think we should raise the expectation too much because they are only 18 and you know it's pretty rare you get a dacos or a harry sheasel type player coming in and being that good that quickly but i guess as time goes on it seems to be something that happens more and more with ashcroft and you know a lot of players that have come in and been pretty serviceable in the first year 
Yeah, I mean, it seems to be, I don't know, this day and age, that um, yeah, some players come in and they're pretty much ready-made already, and mm. they're only 17, 18. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, Harry Sheasel, uh, obviously Dacos would have won the Brownlow if he didn't get injured for a few weeks. He's only 19 or 20. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's oh, full credit to them and, I suppose, uh, development coaches. So you expect uh, to be, I mean, I guess second half of last year, we were more competitive. Um, and that last round last year against Gold Coast, I don't know if it came back to bite us because we couldn't get Harley Reid. <laughs> obviously, time will tell. But do you expect to kick uh, high scores as well next year and be more competitive with uh, who we've drafted and, and, and um, yeah, uh, traded for, like a Zach Fisher and uh, Dylan Stevens, who are naturally quick outside players? Yeah, I, I'm expecting a, a big improvement. I think, realistically, I think we're still bottom four, but I could yeah. definitely see us doubling our wins and being bottom four. And for me next year, I don't really mind where on the ladder we finish as long as it's not last. I think it's more about how many wins and the type of performances we're putting on the park more than it is about exactly where we finish on the ladder. And I think a club like us, you know, who has been down for the last five years, um, getting a player like Zach Fisher, I've said this to a few people, I don't think we could ask for a better player where from where our club's at at the moment. I mean, he's a fringe, arguably starting 22 player on a team that made a prelim final. And, you know, I don't uh, really think we can ask for much more than that. As for Dylan Stevens, I really like Dylan Stevens, but I the jury has to be out on him. Um, it's very easy to convince me that he's going to come in and just be Bailey Scott on the left. But um, he's definitely got the talent, but did he quite do it at Sydney? Goulden sort of pushed him out a little bit, yeah. but also, you know, he maybe didn't prove to be quite like a top five pick, but I'm hoping for a new lease on life on him. So I think we did fantastically well. As for all the key defenders, I mean, we've got a lot of key defenders now, but I think there's about five games of AFL experience between them for like Dawson and Pink and Biggie Nguyen. So it's like, is Daw- is um, Pink going to come in and, and be Tom Stewart or is he going to come in and, you know, not do too much? So I really don't know about the back line. But as for the forward line, um, I could see some big scores as long as Zerha stays healthy and, and guys like that. And if McKercha and Taron Thomas and guys like that are playing on the outside out of our midfield, I think we can get the ball in our forward line pretty quickly and that can let guys like Zerha and um, Paul Curtis and, and Larky especially getting better service. I reckon we can kick some big scores, but I do think we're going to give up a, a, a very big score every now and then. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned it earlier too that you, you, we want a bit of entertainment as well. We don't want to lose games by you know forty or fifty points like we did under Noble, where it was mm. eighty to forty, and even last year I think there's a period we're doing that as well. We, if we're going to lose by you know thirty forty points, you know at least lose it uh, one hundred and twenty to ninety or or something like that, you know, because yeah, that, that's the best way to develop uh, teams and players. Now I want to throw some names at you and some players where you expect them to play position wise next season. We might okay. as well start with the best and fairest winner, Harry Sheasel. Where do you think he plays uh, round one next year? I re- I reckon he does move forward. Uh, yeah. I think Fisher sort of starts at halfback, but I could really see those two players interchanging throughout the year, depending on matchup or form. Um, it does feel a bit crazy to me to not keep Harry Sheezer where he played so well, but um, I could see the forward line really functioning well with him in there. So my gut does tell me Fisher off halfback, maybe a Goda or a Bergman on the other side. Um, say we do come out and get spanked in the first few weeks, um, I could fully see Sheasel going back for that stability. But if you're going to ask me right now, I'd be saying Sheasel goes forward and Fisher maybe moves into that spot. Well, we don't have a small forward. He's probably the best by more on our list. So mm. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he does start forward. And <laughs> if we're struggling behind the ball, then he might uh, very well. Uh, He's going to play in a lot of different positions next year, I reckon, Harry Sheasel, depending on how good we're going. Yeah, well, he might even play ruck. Um, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have any ruck either. I'd so. be all for that, mate. We know my opinions on that. So I'll Yeah, I, I, I know you and Marnie's opinion on the ruck situation. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, all good. Uh, what about Charlie Combin? Um, I, I'm all for Charlie going back. I'm I'm so on board with this. I think he's perfect to go back. Um, we've seen it so many times with Tarrant and Darcy Moore. I think Ben Mackay was originally drafted as a forward, if I'm not <clears throat> mistaken yeah. there. So... I'm all about Charlie going back. Um, this is a hard one for me to explain because I know people aren't on the Coleman Jones train like I am. But um, I think we're a better team with Combin in the back line and CCJ being that backup forward than we would be with Combin and Larky. But 
core and pink or Biggie Newen at the back. Does that make sense with that combination yeah. of forward and back? So, you know, I'd be more comfortable with <clears throat> like a CCJ up forward and then Combin goes back. So I would love to see uh, Charlie in that like fullback Robbie Tarrant style role. I think he's built for it. He's athletic. Um, I think traditionally the back line is a little bit less taxing on your body. So um, I hope he goes back, dominates back there and has a very, very long career for us. Yeah, I, I think it's about uh, you know, getting some continuity in him, uh, in, into his body. He seems to always get uh, freak injuries like broken legs mm. or shoulders or something like that. And, yeah, I think that's a natural a progression for a forward to go back. Uh, I, I, I walked past Toby Pink uh, last Sunday because he went to the game. He doesn't look that tall, to be honest with oh, you, really? Josh. You know? Yeah, he probably, I reckon he's only 190 centimetres, which, I mean, it's tall-ish. But I wouldn't, you know, put it down as a, you know, a key. Well, that's Aiden Bonner height, mate, and that uh, that pricks my ears yeah. up to be a bit concerning, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look that tall, so I don't know. Maybe really? that's just me. Um, I think but, it was uh, 194 in his like stats or on his his profile on the AFL side or anything like that. I'm pretty sure he was. They rated him as that, but yeah, I, I feel the same about Aiden Core. To be honest, I think he looks about 189, 190, but he's listed at like 194, 195. So. I'd like yeah. to know what the AFL is doing the measuring because I think uh, I think they need to do a, a vet of that position. Yeah, I, well, maybe it was just me. I only had a quick glance, but he didn't mm. look that tall. Only a little bit taller than uh, Jai Simkin, to be honest with you. So really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless Jai's yeah, grown about four or five inches in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Uh, well, Jai Simkin's fairly tall for for a midfielder. Mm. I suppose he's about mid one eighties or something like that. So it's not yeah, too bad. So. Not too bad. Uh, Tom Powell, do you think he'll get oh. a game next year? No, I don't. I, I don't. Um, I think Tom Powell's going to really struggle. I've said this a few times. I, I, I think Tom Powell's a good player, but I think Tom Powell is the perfect sort of player to use as some trade bait to to get uh, like a key position player from an Adelaide or something like that. Um, I don't know. I just I just think, especially with McKercher, I think uh, Zerha minutes in the midfield could be coming as well with someone like a Dersma going up there. Um, I, I don't know. I think Tom Powell's going to really, really struggle. Um, and then you can even look to like a Charlie Lazaro, even past him. I, I don't really see where he fits. Another one I'd be looking at is like a Simpkin. I think he even struggles maybe to get yeah. in our best midfield three or four, definitely. So he's probably going to take the position where like a Tom Powell would have. Yeah, I think Tom Powell is going to struggle to get in this team, not from lack of talent because I do rate him, but um, he's a player that I'd be looking to trade while they're young with some value to maybe get, uh, a position we maybe need a little bit more because we do have do have a lot of midfielders. Well, it sounds like there wasn't much interest from the Adelaide teams, and I think if there was, mm. I think they would have looked at trading him. But um, it doesn't sound like there was any interest really at all, unless it was like a you know, a future third or fourth rounder, which you don't want to. Well, what's the point of that? I mean, yeah, you're not. You, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Pick, and it, we've put time and development into him. Might as well just see how he goes. Look, I think. Um, his best position probably is, you know, that high half forward who can push into the odd spell for the midfield. But with um, mm. players coming in, I think he's, yeah, like you said, I think he might struggle. And that was going to lead to Jai Simkin as well. You, I mean, he was interviewed uh, the other day. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it was only a couple of days ago with uh, Jasmine Garner. And they sort of said, what do you expect your position to be? And he sort of said, oh, maybe as a high half forward pushing into the midfield. Do you agree with that, that he might, and even on the wing, yeah, I agree with that. Um, the wing, obviously, I, we we would love Bailey Scott and and um, Stevens on on the wing, but I I don't think there's any other spot. I I couldn't see Jai off half back. I don't think his kicking is quite clean no. enough, and um, I think he's pretty crafty around goal. I feel like early in his career he played in the forward pocket a little bit. We've seen him. He's got the one of the best side steps in the league, in my opinion. So I could definitely see him causing a little bit of chaos. I think he's a pretty reliable shot. I doesn't have many shots, but I think the times I remember him kicking, his kick's pretty straight towards goal anyway. So um, I reckon that high half forward pushing into the midfield is perfect for him. We, we've seen in the last few years, those like flank positions all sort of become midfielders and they're not really specialist defenders or forwards anymore. So definitely could, but then you look at the gluttony of sort of high half forwards we've got. And once again, I think it's it's pretty congested in there. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've only got half, half forwards and uh, midfielders. <laughs> midfielders yeah, to be at least we don't have much else. Um, no. So, so uh, we might have to put, uh, you know, uh, yeah, square pegs in round holes with some players. Well, Greenwood's so. going to be the starting ruckman, mate. We already know that. He uh, round one, Greenwood is the ruckman. I think we've seen how well that works. Yeah, well, might as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> Marnie will be happy. Be. <laughs> I bet she will be. <laughs> um, well, he's taken the number one jumper, which is uh, a bit I of a curse. That, yeah. 
curse number for, at, at North Melbourne Footy Club. We don't have many number one players. Uh, uh, yeah, number one uh, jumper mm. players. Uh, I loved Majak been- in the number one. I, I love Majak Dawes. So he had a great year, number one. A, a one good season sort of in the back line. But if Hugh Greenwood can be our Hamish McIntosh, then I'll be very happy. Yeah. I'll look- Do you think he'll get a game next year, Hugh Greenwood? Oh, I th- oh that's a- I don't know. I, I think he... Yeah, a bit early. If, if it looks... I-, I would say yes, because I think he's a really handy player. Like... Him going forward is pretty handy. He sits about 190 centimetres, I think. So he he's fantastic. I love Hugh Greenwood. Not as much as Marnie, but I really rate him as a player. But I, I once again, I don't I just don't see where he squeezes in. But I think he'd be like a perfect sub, I reckon, because you could put him forward, you could put him in the middle. If we needed someone to pinch hit in the ruck, he could do that. So he's almost like the perfect sub, I think. Yeah, he was he was a sub uh, a few games last year. You'd often come on when we were seven goals down, though, so that was, that was always a problem. But uh, yeah, well, look, that was that's usually like, by quarter time, Dean. You can't put yeah, the, uh, you yeah, can't put the not, sub on at quarter time. <laughs> not much past that, anyway. So no. yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, we've got um, competition with spots next season. Um, it seems to be a competition for half forward and midfield, and uh, yeah, mm. that's that's about it. But um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, just uh, one more with the men's program. You expect. Uh, Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald still be captains next year? Um, yeah, I, I would. I, I back Jai Simpkin. I think he's a good leader. I think, you know, it's a pretty tough year to become captain in, um, especially with Clarkson not being there a lot um, and sort of only winning three games. You know, how many times can you front up to the media or can you have to inspire these guys behind the scenes a little bit? So I really rate Jai Simpkin as a leader. Um, Luke McDonald. It's harsh on Luke because I think he's been a great player for our club and he did have a pretty average year last year. But I, I back Luke McDonald to come back and have a pretty solid year next year. Exactly where he plays, I don't know because I, I would rather a Jackson Archer in that lockdown sort of yeah. small defender role and I would rather Fisher and Bergman and and Goda and, and that sort of stuff off half back. So I'm not exactly sure where he fits, but... I would be backing McDonald to have a much better season. Is he ever going to be our best player? No. Um, but I don't know. I, I also don't like the co-captain thing. Um, I would probably go Simpkin captain and then Larky and McDonald co-captain, uh, co-vice captains personally. But um, the co-captain thing seems to be getting pretty popular. I think the Gold Coast named co-captains and Brisbane have co-captains. It seems to be a, a trend at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, which I don't get, to be honest with you. I no, neither do I. Generally uh, speaking, I, I just thought uh, it would be one, and then you've got a leadership group. Um, but, um, yeah, look, uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. And I think you're right. I think he'll bounce back next season. I thought he was mm. – uh, I think he struggled with the burden of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, a bit hard um, done but- by, I think, McDonald as well. And I, I talked a lot about Zebul last year, who I don't think Zebul was anywhere near as bad as people thought he was. His mistakes were big, but there was there was a lot of really good play around those mistakes. And it's so hard to not make mistakes in a team that was that average. So – McDonald yeah. was also like, you know, he was getting ha- hospital handballs all day and panic kicking up the wing because there's no support as well. So it's not just McDonald not being a good player. It's it's also a systemic problem as well, which hopefully a full season of Clarkson can fix because we've seen Luke McDonald be a good player in, in semi-decent sides before. So, yeah, I, I'd be backing him. Yeah, no, definitely. No, he, he does um, get the best out of yeah, best out of himself. Sometimes he can, you know, hack kick it forward a bit too much, and you know, he, he he's one of those players. He's a bit of a whipping boy, isn't he? Like we've had Absolutely. them a lot of them over in the past. Um, you know, Jamie McMillan, uh, Sean yes. Atley, and so forth. And yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, when he makes mistakes, it's glaring. But um, you see, you know, Harry Shoes will make a mistake out there, and mm. no one seems to say anything. It's funny how that works sometimes, but yes, just, uh, how it is, how it unfortunately. Goes. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that'll probably last the rest of his career as well, to be honest with you. Well, once people, uh, especially these days with social media, once someone gets yeah. like a stereotype or, or a perception, yeah, there's no getting rid of it. No, nah, and that's right. Um, yeah, oh, it's very hard to get rid of, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, mm. unless you play about 10 good games in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what Aiden it is. Aiden Core may be uh, the only one to get rid of that as well. Yeah, well, uh, Marnie's on board with Aiden Core. So, yeah, yeah, I no. know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy um, about it, Dean, i tell you what. Yeah, oh, look, in fairness, his last seven or eight weeks were a lot better. 
But well, they um, were good. They were good. I, look, my, yeah. my whole point there is like his last two months were very, very, very good. And I've never said they weren't. I'm just scarred from the, the couple of seasons before that. Um, but he can win me over with a great season. I, I'm leaving that door open, but I'm skeptical. Yeah, I mean, his, um, yeah, I mean, it's only a small sample size those last couple of months compared to what we had for about a year and a half. So I mm. guess, uh, yeah, it, it makes sense to be a little skeptical that he could go back to how he was. And that uh, leaves a big hole in our back line if he doesn't get back to, you know, the last couple of months of his football. Very so, true. yeah, yeah, well, uh, but yeah, I mean, the jury's still out, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, now we have the women's team in the grand final. Oh, um, yes. You're at the game. Uh, obviously on Sunday. Uh, how did you see it? It could have gone either way, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think we started so well and we sort of came out of the blocks in the first quarter and I think we kicked the first goal and sort of got a decent lead. Um, I mean, uh, three or four goals. I think we didn't get up quite by that, but two or three goals in the AFLW is a lot handier lead than it would be in the men's. So we started really, really well and the um, – yeah, the, the Crows sort of slowly clawed it back until we had a pretty good period, uh, sort of late third, early fourth, and we sort of got that uh, – we, we kept it in our forward line a lot and kicked about five points in a row, but it got us um, it got us seven points up, and that ended up being the difference. But we came out of the blocks really well, and, yeah, we, we, we looked to attack the ball pretty well early, which, were, which was good to see. I mean, that was my first AFLW experience. Um, and look, I, 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 it's not like I didn't have low expectations. I did have high expectations. I went in there after watching a few games on the telly and being like, I'm pretty excited for this prelim. I reckon, um, you know, Adelaide have been a great team, and but I reckon we could do it. And I, I found myself yelling by the first quarter and really getting into it. So I had a great time. No, well, that's the main thing as long as uh, you're, you're converted. Um, yeah, no, and we had good support, um, Yeah, especially towards the end. Um, I think even uh, a clear Cozzy sort of mentioned when we got the hold on the ball right at the end with Emma King. Um, mm. Yeah, it was quite loud. And, and it pretty much sucked the umpire in because I think she got a handball away, that girl. And, yeah, the umpire just went with the crowd, which is uh, the most important thing. And it was enough to get us over the line. Um, do you think we'll win it? Absolutely. Lock it in 100%, not a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'll be a tough game, won't it? The Brisbane yeah. are a fairly decent team, and they have been for a very long time. I still don't know if um, – I should I should have checked the teams before I came on here uh, if uh, Dakota Davidson is playing for Brisbane, but um, she had a fairly serious knee injury last week. So, okay. yeah, I mean, that could be important. So, yeah. Um, what's your margin uh, for Sunday if we um, do win it? When we uh, win, I should say. When we win it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... That, I mean, the prelims were pretty tight. I mean, what was it five points? I think it's four points in the um, in the other prelim and one point two yeah. hours. So, oh, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go. We win by ten. Ten goals. Ten goals. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you definitely take that ten points here. Yeah. No, it'll definitely be a tough game. Pretty similar to last week against the Crows. I don't. You know, it'll be uh, fairly even. But uh, hopefully, we've just got enough to get over the line, um, which will be good for the club. Our first grand final uh, in the you know, AFL uh, program since 1999. So, Look at that. yeah. Uh, especially, uh, we've endured a lot over the last few years with the men's team, haven't we? Absolutely. Well, look, that will definitely make it a little bit easier going into next season. Maybe um, the spirits are slightly higher around the club if we go in with an AFLW premiership and puts a bit of pressure on the guys now. Yeah, well, yeah, they need a bit of pressure. So, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, no, that sounds good. Hopefully uh, they can do it. Um, well, this is an episode about you, Josh, and I'm sure uh, all your followers want to get to know you as well, uh, the people that listen to your uh, Further North podcast. So let's go to the start. How did you follow North? Yeah, it's a little bit different than a lot of people um, that I've sort of known to follow any footy club, to be honest. Down in Tassie growing up, um, I grew up in the Tamar Valley down there. And obviously, there's no footy team associated with Tasmania. I mean, Hawthorne is, but, you know, it's sort of there's – a, there's a big Hawthorne supporting down there, but people don't really pick a team for any reason. So you've got to find uh, a different reason to pick a team. And um, the reason I picked North Melbourne was uh, at primary school one day, uh, in the in the playground, I found a John Blakey select footy card, um, and oh, I didn't well. know what it was um, because I'd never really seen football before. I got on football a little bit late because my family's all from New South Wales, and my dad's a big um, West Tigers fan. So footy wasn't really a thing in our family, but all my mates sort of followed it. And I found this card. I took it home. I asked Dad what it was, and he told me it's a footy card. And luckily enough, um, North Melbourne – we're actually playing a game that weekend against Geelong. I think it was about 2005 or something like that. And uh, we was down at the Cattery and we 
absolutely belted them that day. I think it probably the last time we did. And uh, I was converted ever since I um, I followed the ruse. And, yeah, I've been uh, pretty diehard, to be honest. There's been many nights punching the couch and screaming at the telly since then. But, uh, no, it, look, what I've said to myself sometimes is if only I found a, a Shane Crawford card and I could have seen a four-peat by now. But, no, I would never take it back for the world. And thank you, John Blakey, for, um, for getting me into North Melbourne. Yeah, it was a very good player there for a long time too, John Blake. He played mm. over 300 games, um, yeah, and played well into his 30s. Um, I suppose, you know, whereas now a lot of players play into the 30s. Back then it was uh, very rare, only um, 20 rare, yeah. years ago. Yeah, and how long have you been a member for? Um, I actually haven't been a member before, Dean, to be honest. Oh, right. I've said this to a few people. I, it's not. It wasn't really a thing in Tassie uh, when I was there. Yeah, it, didn't, cool. it wasn't really worth um, being down there. And I didn't really know about them, to be honest, down there. Since I've been up here, um, I, I think next year is going to be my first year of being a member, to be honest. Um, to All through the COVID period, um, I didn't really think to sign up, to be honest. And I think I did fall away from footy a tiny bit. Um, but honestly, since doing the podcast and since really focusing in on the team even more, I think us being bad the last probably two years has really connected me more with the team. Um, I think I'm going to try and go for one of those uh, memberships where you get my, is it like five game memberships or something? Because I can't go to many games due to my work. But I think yeah. next year is going to be the first year I, I sign up and uh, and get on board because I don't know. I uh, they've converted me. Um, I've never been a membership guy for any club, really. But I don't know. I feel super, super invested in what they're doing right now, and I think getting Clarkson and getting these players in has really made me. I don't know. Sort of want to bite the bullet and finally, finally jump on. It wasn't out of lack of support from the club. I didn't say I wasn't a member on the my podcast once, and I did get a few very angry, angry messages. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. So, look, uh, some people questioning my support, which is look, I've I love this club so so much. So, look, I think uh, next year might be the first year I jump on and um, hopefully get to a to a few more games. Yeah, and I, and like you said, it is tough with your work because you work a lot of Saturdays, don't you? And yes. uh, even would you work Sundays as well? Sometimes you work. Uh, sometimes, Sundays? yeah. Sometimes yeah. Sundays. It's very sporadic sort of work. So, you know, any Saturday, Friday night games, I couldn't go. Not that we get many of them, but if say we did, mm-hmm. I can't do Friday nights. I finish late on Fridays. I work all Saturdays. Sometimes in certain periods, there's Sunday work. So, you know, as much as I or I did have wanted maybe the last couple of years to jump on and and be a member, um, maybe didn't make a perfect financial sense for me, but I did have a look at the memberships not long ago and getting like a five game membership or something like that would be perfect for me because I can look ahead in the calendar and lock them in and, and get down there. And to be honest, another thing that really inspired me to do it as well uh, is sort of like the Bay 29 stuff. And that really made me go back to the the football with the closer to a flag guys and really have fun there again. Cause I've made a big group of friends that follow North Melbourne through the podcast and through their page. So that's really made me more motivated to sort of sign up or be part of that and, and, and get to the ground a lot more as well. Yeah, I think they do even three-game memberships. I'm not too sure. I haven't really mm. looked too deep in it. So, yeah, I mean, maybe three games might be enough. And and memberships aren't cheap. And I think a lot of people have got to realise that. You can't – you know, I think a normal, like, home and away one, 11 games, it's about $250. Mm. And if you don't go to any games, then it's it's a lot of money, you know, you sort of you sort of wasted. So, yeah, it sort of – it certainly makes sense from a financial aspect. And, you know, I mean – I mean, because you're not a member, it does mean you, you know, don't support them any more or any less than anyone Absolutely. else that is a member. So, yeah, you're certainly entitled uh, to to an opinion and a voice. And I think, yeah, even you realised, you know, doing these podcasts, it's uh, at least a lot of connections, doesn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and which is which is the most important thing. Yeah, you, you, know, you get to meet a lot of good people. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved it. Like like I said before, I I feel even more connected to the football club since starting the podcast as well. And, you know, I was always searching for North podcasts, uh, North podcasts. And I, I listened to yours before I made mine and that made me want to do one. And I, I listened to so many podcasts for other sporting teams. And once I got involved with all of this sort of stuff, I've just met so many good people. And it's like, I feel so much more connected to North Melbourne now, if that makes sense. Like I went down to um, Bonehead Brewing, which is in Kensington, um, and a guy called Anthony owns the joint. It's a great a great brewery if anyone is listening out there and wants a nice brewery in Kensington. But um, 
we were sort of talking about that stuff there and he grew up around that sort of area and was saying that players used to be coming to the pubs and that sort of stuff and they've got that connection and I never had that growing up in Tasmania we never had footy players at our schools or I didn't know anyone who knew a footy player so definitely the last two years sort of after COVID doing the podcast and being around all these people like I said I'm, I'm so much more connected and I think that's made me want to go I think it's time to finally sign up and get a membership that suits my lifestyle but also I want to back the club as much as possible. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, you keep the haters off your back, I suppose. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't send yeah. me bad messages, guys. Trust me, I'm a real fan yeah. and I get emotional too, all right? Yeah, that's it. We're all sensitive sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, uh, fair enough. And who have been some of your favourite players over the journey? My favourite player ever is Glenn Archer. Um, he's the best player. I not, Look, not the best player I've seen, but... I've I've never loved a player more in my entire life at any sporting code. I love the way he went about it. Um, I the Glenn Archer actually put out a DVD um, years and years and years ago. And when I played footy, I this is a bit lame, but I used to watch that DVD every uh, morning before I used to play football, so I could get inspired and go out and play football. I I just think the way he played the game was brilliant. I loved how um, hard but fair he was. Um, I, I can't say enough good stuff about Glenn Archer. I haven't met him before, and if I ever got to shake his hand, it'd be um, a, definitely a life goal of mine. But Glenn Archer is definitely my favourite. Um, my first, uh, one of my other favourite players back in the day was actually Nathan Thompson. I loved Nathan Thompson. Um, I just thought he was fantastic. I know maybe up and down when I look back at it, but when I was a kid, seeing him lead out of that goal square and take marks and especially that goal he kicked where he gave the crowd the double Cobras against uh, against Collingwood. Yeah, I, I loved Nathan Thompson. Um, Shannon Grant is another one as well. I just loved watching him play football so quick and the left foot was dangerous. Um, he just gravitated towards me, that long uh, flowy hair sort of uh, – going back in the wind when he's running down the wing and off half forward. I'll never forget when he hit the post from the goal square as well. That was a great time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was at that game. I couldn't believe it. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a time yeah. that was. And, um, yeah, I think they're the three that, like, historically stick out for me. Um, you know, there's a in recent years, I'd say Majak, definitely. I know maybe not the best player we've ever had, but that year he, that he was in the back line, he was phenomenal. And um, I always loved watching Majak play, even if he wasn't the best footballer. Every game he played, I made sure I watched the whole thing. And um, the only other player maybe I'll name here, because I could go on forever, is Ben Brown. Um, I played key forward when I played. He's a Tasmanian boy as well. Yeah. Um, I, I loved Ben Brown. The run-up was fun. He was such a good set shot. Just, just loved him to bits. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's, he's one of the good guys too. Like I remember, we went to yeah. a family day oh, probably three or four years ago with my kids, and he stayed back to take a photo with them. Yeah, everyone else had left, and he said, "No, no, I'll take a photo with him." And um, yeah, he was very popular, and yeah, very um, good. You know, leading forward. Uh, it's unfortunate um, his career's probably petered out. I mean, he got a premiership, so he can't complain too much. Mm. But it sort of petered out the last couple of years because I think the knee injuries are sort of catching up to him at the moment. But um, yeah, some very good names there, Glenn Archer. I mean, yeah. Definitely the toughest player I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, Shannon Grant, yeah, it was very good. And I was at that uh, game that uh, one he hit the post, he tried to kick, kick the cover off it from the goal square. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there. But, um, yeah, look, it, it was a very classy play. I uh, kicked five goals in the grand final. So, mm. yeah, no, no, definitely some very good players here. What about uh, current day favourite player or players? Uh, I've got two that sit on the top of the tree here. And uh, Nick Larkey is probably my favourite. At the moment, I think once again, I'm a sucker for a key forward. Um, <laughs> I, I love them. Uh, they can never do any wrong. I want to give a shout out to Drew Petrie before as well. I forgot to name Drew Petrie. And oh, also, yeah. I've never seen a guy kick and his foot nearly hit uh, Marvel Stadium's roof. So he was fantastic. Um, yeah, Nick Larkey, I'd say maybe is my favorite at the moment. Um, but George Wardlaw has won me over so much. Uh, I think he's going to win a Brownlow one day. And I, I know we all say that just to hype a player up. And I know I genuinely think he can be the best midfield in the comp in like five years time. So um, the two right now are definitely Larky and Wardlaw looking at other players. Oh, I like all of them. I guess I think, I think Paul Curtis has a really high ceiling and I, I really like how he goes about it. Um, but I don't know. Then I then I have like meme players I like. I love Callum Common Jones. I don't know why. I just think those four games he played that he was good. That was exactly what we needed. And I sort of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit with him, even though I know he's not the best player. 
Um, but yeah, look, I'll, I'll give you Nick Larkey and George Wardlaw for my two favourites currently. Yeah, I think with George Wardlaw, hopefully his body can, uh, you know, uh, get right, I suppose, uh, mm. stay the course of uh, throughout uh, AFL uh, seasons. Uh, I, I guess that's a little bit of a concern because he's had that pro- hamstring problems in junior football and he's even had that this year where he's, um, you know, they've uh, they put him in cotton wool for the last uh, month of the season. So hopefully his body can hold up. Full pre-season too, of- hopefully as well, gets him nice and fit. Yeah, yeah, get those, yeah, get a bit of strength in those hamstrings. Uh, I think they, I can't remember who mentioned it, but he's never really done any weights or anything like that. Mm. So, which is a bit of a surprise for a junior footballer. So, hopefully, he gets uh, into the right program and yeah, um, can build strength. He in looks those pretty hamstrings. big for someone who hasn't done any weights as well. Yeah, he's got you know thick thighs, I mean? isn't he? Yeah, mm, he's very yeah, strong. Yeah, he, he, I didn't. He didn't look very skinny when he was on the field, but I don't know. George Wardler, like the one sidestep he did off half back out of that, like. Uh, ruck contest and then just kick the ball up the wing. And I was instantly sold on that. He's like, and look, he's, this is a massive comparison to make, but sometimes he looks like Daniel Wells and other times he looks like Ben Cunnington. And I'm like, that just makes me so excited. You know, I, I love George Wardlaw. Yeah, I think uh, Clayton Oliver is a good player comp for him. Absolutely. I think yeah, very tough in the contest and and you know good long penetrating kick when he when he kicks it right. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't go down his path uh, off the field. Yeah, a little bit smoother would be nice, George, if you can. <laughs> yeah, stay stay away from that. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's uh, definitely one player we can get excited about. Uh, best player you've ever seen at the North? Yeah, I mean, oh, I, Daniel Wells, I think. I think we'll go with Daniel Wells here. Like Glenn Archer is my favorite, but as for best player, yeah, it, it, Daniel Wells, one of the silkiest players I've ever seen, um, could do anything really. Every time he had a shot in the 50, I knew it was going through the sticks. Every time the ball was on the ground in the rain, I knew he was going to pick it up. He was always going to hit the target. He was always going to make the handball. Um, I don't think I've seen a cleaner player than Daniel Wells. Yeah, he was very silky, wasn't he? Mm. Um, just glided through the turf. I, I love watching him when he had a bit of space. He just glided through the turf without any any real effort. Um, yeah, very, yeah, that's that's actually a really good one. Very mm. very underrated player for North Melbourne. Uh, played over two hundred games, and it was a big finals player as well. I mean, we can't forget that goal he kicked out of the ruck, can we? The, the Jack oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah that very goal good was on that. the. Sorry, you go. No, no, I was, I was just going to say he was very good as that third ruckman because he had a yeah. very good vertical leap. That vertical leap he had. I loved that goal because that goal was on the start of AFL Live 2005 and that was the first footy game I ever owned as well. So yeah. that goal just with like, I think it was Grinspoon or someone was the song uh, playing at the background of that. So I love that Daniel Wells goal just for nostalgic purposes as well. Yeah, nice. Um, this question might uh, take a few minutes of your time. Any mm. players that you didn't like or, or rate? Um, I did try and have a think about this one, and I can't really remember anyone I really didn't like. I, the the ones I can sort of pick are sort of ones in the last couple of years, um, the, 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 which I think is is harsh because it, it's been a very very bad period. As for players who I didn't I didn't ever really like Aaron Black. I I, I just didn't know what he did. Um, I don't think he ever had a breakout game as well. Um, other than that, historically though, I can't really think of any. Is there any that come to to your mind that you didn't like, and maybe you can jog my memory of a few? But uh, there's one player, uh, obviously Dennis Pagan's son. Um, mm. How he ever played AFL football is beyond me. I don't know if you ever watched him play. He only played about three games, but I couldn't believe. Um, and it sort of um, caused a bit of uh, dissension uh, among coaches and mm. even players on the ground. Uh, Martin Pike was very uh, vocal, sort of uh, saying on the bench one time what he thought of him. Uh, but he couldn't kick a ball more than 30 metres. He couldn't run. I, yeah. I, I didn't know what his skill was. So, yeah, he's probably one player. I know Marnie did say uh, Tristan Sherry. <laughs> Sherry <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I can't go on another one of those rants, Dean. I've, I've done it yeah. enough and I'm trying to be better next season. Um I think maybe another one. Uh, oh, what was that guy's name? Sam Durden? Was it him? Was that his name? Oh, okay. The one is that uh, Carlton now? Yeah. Carlton now. I just never really knew what what he he did for us. I, I never sort of he never had a game to me where I was like, that's what he can do. Um, to give you maybe a, a more confident answer here, 
Jack Marnie was a player that I'd never seen do anything on a football field. And I don't, I'm not sure what they ever saw in him to draft him. He went in the twenties, didn't he? Or something like that in the draft. Yeah. Like twenties, maybe early thirties. Mm. I can't really remember. So yeah, yeah, I just, I just never, never saw a thing from him. And, um, uh, another one that I think we maybe talked about, or maybe the last podcast, I can't remember. Flynn Perez was another one for me. And maybe I just didn't watch enough in 2019 or 2020 or whenever he got drafted. But I just, I, once again, I, I never, I never really saw the benefit of, of him. I know he was quick before his knees, but I yeah. never saw like great disposal from him. He wasn't very big. I don't know, but Jack Marnie is definitely the player I'm going to put at the top of this list because looking back, if if we do another one of these podcasts in 10 years time, Dean, which I'm sure we'll still be doing, um, yeah. I'll, I'll say Jack Marnie again then. Well, he got picked up by Gold Coast uh, as, uh, <laughs> on the wicked list. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously, they seen something. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably not a bad one because he doesn't have a penetrating kick. He's not yeah. quick. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of those. Yeah, I mean, he... he Tries hard, but uh, everybody tries win. hard. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. if you're getting paid that to play football, you should be trying hard. But you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I th- yeah. <laughs> He's um. Yeah. Good luck at the Gold Coast, Mister Marnie. Yeah, no. Hopefully, he goes well. Who knows? He might be. You know, Watch him bag Australian. five against us next year, Dean, and we're, <laughs> we're just going to be no, seeing him going. Why do we let this guy go? Yeah, it wouldn't be hard to be honest. So <laughs> no, he'll probably be all Australian next year. Who knows? Oh, that'd be um, awful. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll see how we go. Our favourite game of all time. Oh, I mean, I've I've been trying all week to think of something that wasn't uh, the two the twenty fourteen one because us uh, us people in our twenties don't really have many other uh, fantastic moments to sort of mm. remember, uh, as in um, everyone uh, for anyone else who's watched in the nineties. You know what I mean? It's more moments for me in games. I think. Um, the one that sticks out to me, and I'm going to give you some real niche ones because I was struggling to think of whole games that I really, really look back on because I know a lot of people are going to say like West Coast final and the, the 2014 and the Geelong game. So I've tried to vary, vary it up a little bit for you here. But the the two that come to mind, and it's a very personal one, is when Majak kicked six against the Bulldogs. I loved that game and I had so much fun watching him run around a park and uh, and finally get on the scoreboard when we tried to make him a forward. Um, the Ben Brown 10 goal game against Port was fantastic as well. Yeah, that's um, a good one. And yeah, I think, I don't know which game in particular to name, but I think just our finals run in 2007 to get to the prelim. I just think that whole final series, I don't know, we're always underdogs. It doesn't matter where we finish. We had a great year. I think, did we finish third or fourth that year? I can't remember. I think it was fourth. Yeah. Fourth, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm sure it was fourth. Just... I don't know. That was my first final series uh, as a fan ever watching. And um, that whole season in general is a nostalgic one for me because I think that's the first year we introduced that shield logo on the on the jumper with the V, that awful one. Oh, yeah. And uh, all I think about is David Hale when I see that. So a David Hale Ford line led uh, finals run for me, which was very, uh, very exciting. But um, obviously, we won't talk about what happened in the prelim, but uh, everyone before that, that whole finals run for me is pretty uh, pretty nostalgic. Yeah, was that the Port Adelaide one, uh, the prelim? The prelim was the Port one where we got done by yeah. 100 and whatever. I think that's Glen Archer's last game, if yeah, I'm not was, mistaken. Yeah, yeah so uh, sorry, Arch, about that one, but um, everything else you did was pretty good. So, oh, uh, well, we yeah. got spanked by Geelong the next week anyway, so I'd probably rather go out in the prelim than being the side that got done by the most points in grand final history. Thanks, Port. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what happened with Port. So, yeah, mm. no, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, the one that uh, sticks out for me, um, one one of my favourite games was the uh, first game uh, Rhys Shaw, Shaw was in charge. It was a very random game. It was against Richmond. I just loved the way we played that game. It was, um, we ended up mm. smashing them. So, I don't know if you remember that one, but um, – yeah, I remember so, when Reece Shaw came on, yeah, and we and we started playing because that's that's basically that's probably the game why he got his contract the next season, to yeah, be honest. So, which was uh, <laughs> no, no. not the best decision we've ever made, but that whole Reece Shaw run at the start was pretty exciting too. We thought we'd turned a corner, and little did we know the worst was yet to come. But um, yeah, thank you, Reece Shaw, for those um, those few weeks we had. Yeah, yeah, no, it started off so promising, but um, once a, a bit of adversity hit, we sort of didn't have any answers. Mm. Uh, and then we sort of had the whole lockdown and we were playing in uh, the Gold Coast there for uh, the 2020 season. And, yeah, uh, well, 
bit of a mess, but uh, yeah, we look forward now. Uh, what are you, now? I asked you this before, but what are you hoping to see in twenty twenty four? Yeah, I think I like to think of myself as a pretty level headed fan. Um, I have been asking a lot of people at the barber shop who aren't North fans what they think, and. I'm getting a lot of 10th to 12th place on the ladders. And I just think that's a little bit insane, to be honest. I like that other uh, supporters are backing us a little bit, but personally for me, yeah, six to eight wins. I think eight is too many to expect personally. I think if we could get around the six win mark, six or seven, I'd be very, very happy. Um, And just be competitive like the Hawks were last year. I think a season like the Hawks is what we should be realistically aiming for. And if, like I said, if, if we come out of the, of next year with, Progression in Wardlaw, Sheasel, Dersma, all these guys. Larky's still the player he is. Zerhar's back to his best. Taron has taken another step. If we've done all that, got six odd wins and maybe knock off a big team or two and just be that team that's really annoying to play, um, I'd be pretty happy with next season. I, I, w- I wouldn't be expecting to be out of the bottom four, not because maybe we're that bad, but there's so many teams fighting, like the top or the first 15 teams of, of the league are pretty much fighting for the finals. So, look, bottom four, I'd still say, but give us six wins, give us uh, more minutes into the young guys, um, and hopefully McKercher and Dersma look like a couple more Harry Sheezers, which would be nice. Oh, yeah, that'll definitely be nice. And yeah, pretty well said. You know, as long as we're developing and going down the right track, then yeah. Mm. Um, hopefully with uh, yeah, an uninterrupted uh, pre-season for Clarko as well um, because I think it was about this time last year that all started. So yeah, no, that'll, that'll make uh, a big difference as well. When do you think we can compete for another flag? A flag? Wow. Um, oh, man. twenty uh, Lock in the 2028. Eight premiership for North Melbourne, I say. Um, I would say, as an example, like 2025, I could see us maybe 10th to 12th. 2026, maybe by then, I'd say let's let's try and get in the finals. Um, look, 2028 would 27, 28 would be the absolute earliest. I think. Um, as much as I want to get excited and think we could maybe do a Hawthorne and in four years' time we're going to be holding up the cup and, look, I will not be adverse to that if that happens, obviously. But realistically, um, I think it is a while away still, but as long as we take a step every year, we get more and more excited. If it's in 10 years' time, Dean, I don't I don't care, to be honest. As long as we keep taking steps, it's fun footy to watch and we get one in my lifetime, I'll be, I'll be over the moon. So, yeah, look. Let's say five years' time, I reckon we're holding it up at the G. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that would be ideal. I think a lot of, you know, the people I've had on before, they've sort of mentioned, you know, 2028, 2030. I think we're sort of, with this list build, we're sort of aiming for about 2026 to about 2020, uh, 2031, around that five-year mark. That's when you sort of get your Harry Sheasels, Ward Wars, um, oh, in, their in, your, yeah, in their primes. I think that's a fair assessment, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think I think you've got to take steps and, and not just the team taking steps, but I think the fans do too. As an example, I just want to have fun going to the footy again. That's my goal for next year. I want to turn up and go, we could win this today and just have a bit more fun at the footy. Um, and then it'll slowly progress from there. Like maybe the season after that, then I'm going to start being like, all right, we should beat this team today. We have to beat this team because we're sitting 10th to 12th and maybe we could push. And then the year after that, I'll be like, man, we should be smashing this team because we're making a finals run. And I think it has to progress for the fans like that as well. So, you know, if we can keep our heads realistic year on year on year and just take a step, I think uh, I will get there eventually, but um, I'm just looking forward to watching uh, some George Wardlaw action next year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, a lot of kids to get excited about, and that, that's for sure. And, yeah, hopefully um, that round 23 game is a, a sample size of what we might play uh, mm. for next year and kick some big scores. Um, we might concede a little bit of scores, but, um, yeah, if we could beat Essendon as well, that would be good. Well, Josh, oh, that. that's all I have for you. Uh, any final messages for all your fans out there wanting to find out about your podcast and what you have going on? Oh, look, yeah, if anyone doesn't know, I'm sure uh, our worlds collide a lot, Dean, with the with the listenership. But um, look, if, if you don't know, Further North Podcast is the one that I do. Um, Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube, it's all on there. Other than that, we're, we've got a few things in the pipeline that I probably can't mention just yet, but I'm looking to do a couple of catch-ups maybe uh, pre-season next year. So keep your ears peeled for that. That'll all be on the social medias. I've just got on Twitter, which is an incredibly negative place. So uh, don't abuse me on there, please. But I'm on all the socials. And um, I don't know. I think I'm going to try and keep podcasting all through the 
the off season, maybe give myself a few weeks off, but going to try and do a few fun ones and bring the fun back to, uh, to North Melbourne a little bit, get the close to a flag guys involved. And um, yeah, anything with Bay 29s and things like that. Um, we'll all keep you guys updated with, I guess the only other thing to mention would be, I am going to be down at the game on the weekend. So hopefully everyone's got their, their tickets for the grand final to see um, the North girls get up and, um, I'll post my face up on the social medias. If anyone runs into me, please feel free to come and say hello. And we'll chat north and uh, we'll yell at the uh, the Brisbane Lions together. Yeah, that no, sounds good. And don't um, and don't go abusing Josh about it. Um, not having a membership yet. Yeah. <laughs> please, guys, I'm a sensitive soul. Please. <laughs> No, that's it. You might uh, yeah throw one of your mates in front of you, sort of as a bit of protection. So yeah, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, and what yeah, t- Twitter and or X or whatever you want to call it, mm. um, it certainly can be a very negative place sometimes. And uh, yeah, uh, I, it's uh, probably uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be around the next uh, couple of years with what's all going on there. So yeah, mm. we'll sort of see how we go there. But um, yeah, look, even preseason, I might get you and Jason uh, Hunt back on as well. We'll do some preseason predictions and see how we go. Plug our podcast as well, so yes, uh, yes, that uh, that might be all right as well. Well, Josh, it's been a, a real pleasure getting to know you tonight. Actually, uh, we learned something new about you, and that's always a good thing. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, and go Roos. Thank you very much, Dean. I appreciate you letting me on the podcast. Keep doing all your good work, and uh, hopefully next year we're doing a couple of crossover pods and we're celebrating a few more wins. So thank you very much to Josh for coming to the show once again. And thank you very much to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you all put out for the show. It's much appreciated. If you can leave a rating review on your favorite podcast platform as well, that would be awesome. And if you ever do, just let me know, and I'll be happy to you know uh, thank you or you know, mention it in the show. So just let me know. Anyways, that's it for tonight. I will be back probably Monday next week, uh, post-grand final show, hopefully a post-grand final win. Um, Yeah, look, uh, it's obviously a very exciting time on Sunday. Unfortunately, the tickets did sell out pretty quick. I just got mine in time uh, by the looks of it. Um, I think I ordered mine about 5 o'clock, and about an hour later, they were uh, deemed as sold out. So, yeah, very exciting time for the club. Um, Yeah, like we've sort of mentioned, our first grand final since 1999 as a club. So, yeah, really looking forward to that so I'll probably be back next Monday with Claire Cozzy to get our emotions and hopefully talk about our grand final win I'll probably will be catching up with her Sunday as well um, hopefully um, with with uh, a victory and the cup in your hands anyways that's it so tonight I will leave a shout out to our premiership captain hopefully Emma Carney bye for now and let's go Ruse <laughs>